Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Michael Cohn's lies provoke North Korean terrorism. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Yes, folks, if indeed North Korea launches a terror attack, you have Michael Cohn and the politicians behind him who pushed him to testify at the House Oversight Committee at the same time as President Trump was in Vietnam having a conference with Kim Jong-un. <laughs> That's why. Um, very bad planning. Uh, obviously, there are some people in Washington who are so determined to impeach Trump that they don't think of the bigger picture like the danger we're in from North Korea. This, uh, this uh, meeting between Trump and Kim Jong-un has been set for a while. It's not like it was a surprise meeting. They knew when it was happening, and yet they had this, the, um, this hearing with Michael Cohn on the same day. And what happened? Well, according to the New York Times headlines, it says, Trump's talks with Kim Jong-un collapse. Well, duh, both of them are pointing the fingers at each other. Um, but, you know, you can certainly understand where each of them were coming from and why they weren't in the mood to discuss something as major as um, what the next step is going to be in this disarmament plan and sanctions plan and all of the things they were going to discuss. Because, needless to say, Trump, uh, who I am sure was being informed as this House Oversight Committee was going on, um, must have felt that there was a reason to quickly hightail it back to the U.S. before things got any worse. And Kim Jong-un, he um, was thinking that Trump might be a lame duck. Um, he saw the writing on the wall, all the intentions of trying to impeach him. And, and at the very least, if not that, um, then it, at the very least that Michael Cohen was saying was trashing Trump and saying that he isn't to be trusted all, time and time again. He's a cheat, he's a liar, he's a con artist, all of the things that uh, Michael Cohen said. And <laughs> I watched the whole disgusting thing and took notes. So first I'm going to tell you some of the um, main principles of what uh, we should be worrying about and um, some of the, you know, some of the psychology behind um, Michael Cohn and why he was doing this and so on. And then I'm going to go through some highlights of the actual meeting. So if you missed his testimony, never fear, you will hear the highlights here. <laughs> Okay, first of all, the, the key um, underlying, there were two key factors for why Michael Cohn was there trashing Trump and trashing him, not in a political or a factual basis, although he would want you to think that, but on a personal level, there were so many things that he said that were personal ways of trashing him. 
I will get to all that. But um, the reason why, the, the first reason why he was there doing this, I mean, <laughs> first reason why he, he, was, he was asked to do it, of course, he kept trying to say he volunteered, and he was going back and forth with that throughout the time. But in fact, it was proven that he was asked to come there. He didn't exactly, you know, raise his hand and volunteer. Um, so the first big thing, psychologically speaking, that you need to understand is that, uh, and this was so well brought out fairly early on by um, Congressman Jim Jordan, and uh, who said, yeah, who asked Michael Cohn something like, um, so how long have you been Trump's attorney? Uh, some general question like that, and he answered. He's been his attorney for uh, 10 years. It was from 2006 to 2018. And then uh, Jim Jordan asked, and how long have you been in the White House? And uh, Michael Cohn said, I've never worked in the White House. And Jim Jordan said, that's it, isn't it? You wanted to work in the White House, You've told people that you wanted to work in the White House, and you didn't get invited to the dance. It was so beautifully and perfectly said. You didn't get invited to the dance. Now, um, so I uh, call Michael Cohn, amongst other things, um, I say that he is a woman scorned. In, she, who is taking revenge when women, when guys break up with girls, um, you know, I've written a book about this, Bad Girls, and one of the profiles, I talk about 12 different types of bad girls, and one of the profiles is the woman scorned, the bad girl scorned. And indeed, Michael Cohn fits into this profile. It's when a woman has been dumped or thinks she's going to be dumped by a man and was dumped essentially by Trump not inviting her to the dance, to the White House, then these women get revenge or try to get revenge and, um, and, and such is the way that Michael Cohn is doing it by uh, trashing Trump at this hearing. Now, the second main reason why he was there was because he um, received three years of jail for felonies that he committed. And um, there is a chance that if he gives out information that is very useful to the Southern District of New York, who, which is the one that gave him the three years of jail time, if he gives information that is useful, then um, he gets the opportunity to decrease his jail time. So the worst things he says about Trump, in other words, the more chances he has to um, get a decreased sentence. Now, another thing that, uh, <laughs> another aspect to this is, and this was just unbelievable, and this came up like at least three times. Uh, Cohn admitted that he, he was asked how, how he's going to support himself. And he said, well, when I'm in jail, I obviously can't support myself. And then he was asked whether he was going to do any book or television or movie deals. And he tried to wiggle out of it. Like he said, he's been approached, um, but he didn't accept um, then somebody brought up how he did actually have a book that he had been shopping around, but he had only gotten $750,000 as an advance, and I guess he wanted to hold out for more, so he didn't do that deal. 
And um, so he, he ended up admitting that indeed he is going to plan to do a book and television and a movie, anything he gets offered, actually. And this goes along with who he is. Um, he is a narcissist. He is a pathological liar. He is a little man. He is someone who um, has been obviously feeling very insecure and insignificant and attached himself to the coattails of Trump uh, and used Trump to get a free ride or try to by getting paid by foreign uh, countries, um, by, by corporations with foreign countries. There was a few different kinds of things, but, and even in America, he was by getting paid basically to be a lobbyist, though he denies that he was a lobbyist, but getting paid to give for his connection to Trump by corporations and people who wanted to have a connection to Trump. And so despite the fact that he has made millions or um, off of Trump, you know, off of his connection for over 10 years, um, he blames Trump for all of his problems. And uh, all, he only did what he did, um, you know, the things that he's going to jail for because he was trying to protect Trump, according to Michael Cohen, at least. That's what he's saying. And... Um, and it, it, so it was kind of, somebody brought up about how uh, he, he was in trouble for, um, for lying on his taxes and he blamed his tax accountant. So he, every, it's everybody's fault except Michael Cohn's, at least in his perspective. Now, his body language was really interesting. Um, first of all, he contradicted himself numerous times throughout this uh, testimony. And um, people didn't, they, they brought things up, but they didn't, um, they didn't pick up on all the times that he contradicted himself, but I'm, clearly this is, gonna, this is not the end. Um, but people did bring in proof that he was lying. There were different things, uh, different magazine articles, different, different um, uh, people commented, got, well, I'll get into it, but there were things where people wrote to um, one of the congressmen and, and said, you know, got a message to them uh, of blatant lies that Cohn was making and so on, and they announced those things on the floor. Like, uh, there were these two people who said that Michael Cohn had begged them to get Donald Trump to invite him to the White House, and then there were other articles. I mean, apparently, even CNN, even CNN said on air a few times uh, in, between, in the breaks that they, their own reporting before that day, before the testimony at the House, um, they had been reporting before that, that in fact he had told, Michael Cohn had told lots of people that he wanted to be invited to be a lawyer in the White House or have some position in the White House. So he didn't exactly make a secret of it. <clears throat> And now, of course, he's trying to, he tried to say, no, I told Mr. Trump that I didn't want to be in the White House because I, I wanted to be instead, just keep being his personal lawyer, because then um, things could be, I could do more as his personal lawyer, some other such malarkey. Well, we have to take a break. When we come back, we'll keep talking about this, and I will give you some examples of some of the lies that Michael Trump, Michael Trump, Michael Cohn told and blamed all of this on Trump. 
You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. In was, you know, it's worse than bad timing or ridiculousness. You have to almost wonder whether this was some somebody um, committing treason against the U.S. I mean, somebody doing this on purpose to make the Kim Jong-un talks collapse and perhaps to make Trump look bad or to not have him score a victory. But we are all in greater danger now of North Korean terrorism because of it. Now, to go back to the uh, testimony itself, which I watched from beginning to end, getting more nauseous as it went on, um, let me tell you a little bit about his body language. He um, was like a little boy being caught with his hand in the cookie jar or caught cheating on a test. He just looked so guilty throughout the whole thing. Uh, sometimes he looked like a scared little boy with his eyes raised upward like a puppy dog and a furrowed brow and a pouting mouth when he was listening to someone who he was scared had something to say that was going to get him in deeper trouble. And this alternated with his then becoming increasingly petulant, defensive, and aggressive when he answered especially when he was able to trash Trump. He was talking about lots of things. Um, oh, he, yeah. For a number of things when he, you know, when they, he was asked, did President Trump tell you to do this or tell you to say this? And in fact, you know, he would say, well, he didn't say it in so many words, but I knew what he meant. I knew what he meant. It was like, you know, he was trying to say like, Trump was talking in code, or he knew, he understood Trump. Not necessarily that Trump's words were code, but that because he knew him so well, he knew what Trump meant. Even though Trump didn't say these things, at least he admitted that, but, um, but he knew. So, you know, all these things that, in fact, he is in trouble for, and all the things that people want to blame Trump for. Let's, let's talk. Um, I said that I was going to go specifically to some of the things that were said. So first, let me point out um, to kind of give a little background. Michael Cohn is 52 years old. He um, lives in New York. He um, has a wife who is from the Ukraine. She came here when she was about five years old. He has a son and he has a daughter. And interestingly, um, if you... If you, when you're, after you're finished listening to this, to this show, if you um, look up his daughter, uh, there's all this stuff about, she, well, on her Instagram, she po makes poses and all these incredibly sexy poses and wearing hardly anything, uh, which is not <laughs> very appropriate. She's a model. She's described as a model and a socialite. And um, it almost seems like he wanted to marry her off while he was still working for Trump, you know, because she would have a better chance of getting someone in a higher position because of his position. That's just how I saw it. In any case, um, then apparently he, Michael Cohn, um, reposted one of her sexy pictures uh, where she's wearing essentially a bra and a slip, it looks like. 
and he posted it on one of his social media um, pages, and he was criticized for that. You know, doesn't isn't this inappropriate for a father to be posting pictures of his daughter almost nude? And yes, it is. And you know what? If he really cared about Trump or his other clients, for that matter, he would realize that it was inappropriate to have his daughter doing this um, just because it looks bad for him. I mean, there should be a little bit more decorum. Be that as it may. Also, a more glaring uh, issue is that he was actually a Democrat for most of his life. And uh, except for between 2002 and 2004, and between 2017 and 2018. And this latter part, he became Republican because he, he was given some kind of a position in the GOP. Um, he was like the treasurer or something related to being the treasurer. And so they pointed out that shouldn't he be uh, <laughs> registered as a Republican if he's going to be an officer in the GOP. Um, okay. So now there was a lot of talk uh, by congressmen about how the first witness for this uh, oversight committee is a man going to jail for lying to Congress. Uh, the first time, this is, this is the first time a convicted perjurer has given testimony before this committee. I mean, basically, a lot of people were talking about that, how disgusting this is to have, uh, to entertain, you know, to, 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 have a person who is who has been convicted for lying to Congress to have him on the stand and again have him take the oath which he took before when he lied. So why should we believe him now? Um, he called Trump all kinds of names like a racist, a con man, a cheat. Um, clearly, his his tone of voice and what he said were very personal. Um, he, they talked about all kinds of issues from Stormy Daniels to the uh, tower in Moscow to, you know, the collusion, was there collusion, all this kind of stuff. Um, he did admit, uh, Cohn said, I was motivated by ambition. I was so mesmerized that I did things that were wrong. But you see here, here again, I was so mesmerized by Trump that I did things that were wrong. Every single thing he says, he qualifies by saying, but it was because of Trump. Um, he said it was very intoxicating to be around Trump and think that you were changing the world and so on. Um, then there was, there was all this stuff about whether Roger Stone, whether Julian Assange, this was kind of cool in the end, because uh, they both um, denied it. But Michael Cohn said that when he was in Trump's office one time, uh, Trump got a phone call from Roger Stone and put it on speakerphone. And Roger Stone said something like um, he had just spoken with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks was going to do a dump of Hillary uh, emails, emails from the uh, DNC. And um, Trump said, according to Michael Cohn, wouldn't that be great? Now, he was trying to make a big deal out of that. Now, first of all, later on, a couple of hours later, both Julian Assange and Roger Stone denied this phone call ever happened. Now, Roger Stone, you might say, you know, that might not might wonder whether you should believe him. But Julian Assange is not going to put WikiLeaks in jeopardy by lying. So they denied it.
Um, he talked about, Michael Cohn talked about Trump cheating on his financial statements from 2011 to 2013, that he would increase his wealth in order to be listed in Forbes higher, but he would decrease his wealth for taxes. I mean, really, that's, I, I'm not going to comment. You can decide yourself whether, how, you know, whether you think that that's bad. I am sure if he cheated on his taxes, he would be caught by now. <laughs> Before he became president, he would have been caught. He's talking about 2011, 2012, and 2013. You don't think he would have been audited by then and had to pay back um, money if he owed it? And, and maybe he was audited, so... Okay, then he told his story. This is kind of a cool story. He talked about how uh, there was an art auction where a portrait of Trump was going on auction. It was going to be the last um, item on auction for the day. And Trump asked him to get someone to bid on this portrait so that it would go for a high price. Now, really, you know, I, I don't know, I go to a lot of marketing seminars, and this would be something, this sounds like something that would come right out of a marketing seminar, if you have the money to be able, I mean, he wasn't asking someone to buy it, and they should pay for it, uh, presumably that's what Michael Cohen was supposed to be doing to, to um, help get the money to, um, to the person who was going to be the you know, who was going to bid on it. I mean, Trump was going to be paying for it. He wasn't expecting someone else to pay for it, I do not believe. But in any case, um, that's like a marketing thing. Um, then uh, he had talked about marketing. He said something about how Trump looked at his run for president as the biggest marketing um, opportunity, that he didn't think he was going to win and so, but this would raise his brand. Now, you know, first of all, it was very costly, a very costly way to raise his brand. But in any case, but then certainly that may well have been true when he was one of nine people who were uh, running for the Republican nomination. But once he got it, you can bet that he, he, this was no longer uh, a marketing scheme. He wanted to win and he busted his butt to win. So, you know, um, what else? Um, oh, there's, there are just so, so many things that are awful. Um, but, you know, what, what, what I was saying before about how some of, some of it was, per, well, how all of it was a personal vendetta, but some of the things he said that particularly showed that, he said that um, in regard to the so-called hush money to Stormy Daniels, he said that um, he was supposed to lie to Melania and say that, what, that there wasn't any hush money or he didn't exactly describe what the lie was supposed to be, but he was supposed to lie to Melania about it. And that was sort of a below the belt kind of thing because he knew the whole world was watching this. He also said something pretty awful about Don Jr. He said that Trump told him that Don Jr. has the worst judgment in the world. Now, how do you think that, I mean, both of those things are hitting below the belt, um, talking about Trump's family, hurting his family, hurting Melania, hurting Don Jr., and of course, hurting Trump. So this was just part of, I mean, there are so many of these kinds of tidbits. I obviously won't have time to go through all of them today, but I'm trying to give you some highlights. So when we come back, 
I will give you more highlights. Stay tuned. You've been listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Stay tuned and she'll be right back with more analysis of this week's hottest topic in terror. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Now back to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. Welcome back. We're talking today about how Michael Cohn's lies are provoking North Korean terrorism, will provoke. (laughs) I guess we have to see. It did provoke in a sense already because uh, the the talks between President Trump and Kim Jong-un ended in collapse. So really that has started us down the road uh, to a greater risk of away from peace and towards them becoming um, more aggressive in terms of terrorism. Now, um, getting back to the, some more highlights of the testimony of Michael Cohn uh, in front of the Oversight Committee in regard, to, in regard to what? In regard to, you know, it was kind of like this, this, um, this testimony went on throughout the better part of a day, or at least, uh, at least it seemed like it did. Um, I mean, yes, they took a lunch break and so on, but still. And a lot of these things were the same things over and over again. But um, some of the lies that Michael Cohn told were even more um, outrageous than others. For a couple of people mentioned, for example, that he had lied about delivering his own child. (laughs) Now, some of these lies are so stupid, like they're so easily found out. And that's another thing. Michael Cohn did not seem like the sharpest tool in the shed which was rather disconcerting and also not the most ethical tool in the shed because um, one of the things that came out was how he had taped phone conversations or a phone conversation between himself and President Trump. And this was about um, uh, something about, uh, he wanted, I guess he wanted proof that President Trump was going to pay or at that point, Mr. Trump was going to pay some bill. He was, his whole thing was about money. Everything was about money. And, um, you know, his own money. I mean, that was what his life was about. When he was in college, and, and being flashy, when he was in college, he had a Porsche. At some point later in his life, he had a Bentley. He, you know, he, in, in college, a Porsche. Not that he's the only one. He wasn't, exact, he wasn't going to an Ivy League school. It's not like everybody had Porsches. Um, but... Uh, that he, he was always trying to gather some kind of status. And again, that's why when he wasn't invited to the White House, after he told all his friends and family and people he was going to be, this was the ultimate, ultimate um, betrayal, or he probably took it as, or um, put down and humiliating. So he was lapping up all his time. I mean, yes, as I was saying before, he went from, he was sometimes pretty scared, uh, but when he had an opportunity to talk, there was another thing. He kept on talking. He obviously was coached to keep on talking so that the congressmen couldn't use their whole five-minute allotment um, to keep saying bad things about him or asking him difficult questions. Uh, so it was, it was pretty obnoxious, but he was told that that would be, you know, it, and to some degree it was a a uh, a useful ploy 
because he got to say whatever he wanted, not that that wasn't questioned later. But basically, the bottom line is he was jealous of Trump, and he wanted to be Trump. That is why he was so angry. Not only wasn't he in the White House, but he was never going to be as rich or as famous or be president of the U.S., any of that. Now, getting back to the um, uh, telephone uh, taping, uh, telephone calls, he also admitted that he taped over 100 telephone calls of his other clients. Can you imagine this? You know, you, now, and he said his excuse was that in New York State, you apparently don't have to tell the person you're talking to that you're taping them. It's different in different states. But he took advantage of that and didn't tell them, of course, that he was taping them. And he taped over 100 of his clients. And then later on in these proceedings, when he was asked whether he would turn over these tapes, he said yes faster than, you know, <laughs> and he was later on called on that. He, um, by one of the congressmen. He said, you know, when you were asked whether you would turn over the tapes that you have of your 100-plus clients, um, you didn't hesitate for a second, and you said yes. And this, he, they, he said, I know uh, lawyers who would go to jail to protect their clients, both for the attorney-client privilege and for any kind of tapes that they would make if, if they would ever do that, because that in itself is unethical. Now, thank goodness Michael Cohn was disbarred. He's, he said that he just found out he was disbarred the day before the hearing, which seems kind of odd. Um, and he should have been disbarred long before that since he was found, um, he, he became a felon when he, by the Southern District of New York court. Um, and I think that that is an automatic, I don't know what it is in New York, but I think that that's an automatic disbarment. Um, what else did he say? Um, whenever he, whenever he would say things about, whenever he was going to say something about Trump, he would say, spit out the words, Donald J. Trump. Uh, you know, with such animus, such anger, such resentment, such jealousy. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, well, Mr. Trump or President Trump. It was just, you could tell how much he hated him. Um, and then a, another congressman said um, that he, that Michael Cohn had said, uh, you went, well, he, the congressman said, you went on about what you thought Trump wanted you to do. No, oh, no, he, he was saying, you went on what you thought Trump wanted you to do, not what he said to do. Um, you said you didn't even consider whether it was legal or not, but you claim that you were a good lawyer to Trump. Now, um, that was an interesting and a good point that, um, that, that he, he was making the point that he obviously wasn't a good lawyer to Trump, even when he was working for Trump and before he, you know, got um, his office was raided and all of that, um, and he, you know, turned on Trump. Um, but he was saying that if it was true that he went on just what he thought Trump wanted him to do, and he didn't consider whether it was ethical or legal, and he, he didn't advise, not that they were saying that Trump did anything unethical or illegal, but the point was that Michael Cohn didn't, any, didn't do anything to advise Trump 
what he thought about these things. He just sort of automatically did it. And of course he did. I mean, again, we don't know. I mean, Trump didn't say, he admitted Trump didn't say anything. But even if he had, the point was that there was no way that uh, Michael Cohn wanted to lose his position as Trump's lawyer. Uh, in fact, he had said at one point he was really thrilled to be the uh, personal lawyer to the President of the United States. Of course, you know, that he was saying that when he was trying to say how he didn't really want to be in the White House, which was not believable. Um, then, oh, then it turned out that uh, Michael Cohn had all these ties that he didn't mention, he didn't write down on the form that he was supposed to fill out before he testified. Uh, a Kazakhstan bank, um, Novartis, which was a Swiss company, all these different companies that he was essentially lobbying for or doing something, giving them special access uh, or, prom <laughs> or promising special access. It actually turned out that he apparently wasn't very successful at this because they, um, they broke his contract. Um, what else? Uh, oh, and then at one point he mentioned something about that when he was uh, asked a question, he said, well, I looked through all my boxes to try to find these things. Like he was looking for evidence to try to prove what he was saying. And he didn't come up with very much. He brought in some pieces of what he wanted to call evidence, um, like a check for $35,000 related to Stormy Daniels. But that really didn't prove anything because um, because well, it's still kind of up in the air about what it is and whether it was bad or, you know, whether it was something uh, illegal or illegal or unethical or whatever. But um, it, it didn't, it didn't really prove anything. And he brought in a couple of other things that really didn't prove anything. In fact, he was asked about this, um, whether this was all the, whether what he had brought in um, was all the evidence he had. And um, and that I think it was then that, uh, uh, well, he said it a couple of times, how he had gone through his boxes to look for evidence. And so a couple of people then brought up, you went through your boxes. Why do you still have boxes? Um, shouldn't this have been all turned over to... Uh, you know, to some some government body, why does he still have the boxes? Why does Michael Cohn still have the boxes? And then finally, someone, some congressman, brought up the elephant in the room, and he said, um, "I'm that he brought up the fact that Trump was in Korea, and that well was not in Korea. He was in Vietnam, but he was talking with Kim Jong Un in regard to North Korea." and uh, how horrible this is to be trashing Trump while Trump is trying to protect this country in, by working out a peace deal with Kim Jong-un. And then uh, Michael Cohn said, I take no pleasure in saying anything negative about Mr. Trump. Well, <laughs> you don't have to be a psychiatrist to analyze what just went on in all those hours. It was obvious he was taking a lot of pleasure out of saying horrible things about uh, Trump, whether most of which were not true. And um, then someone had said about how, oh, here, uh, later on somebody said he's very disappointed, a congressman said, I'm very disappointed about this hearing. 
It's a political game to impeach Trump. Uh, and then he talked about a book that, that Cohn tried to sell called Trump Revolution to hatch it. And he was only offered $750,000, so he turned it down. And he said, he's very sad, the congressman said, he's very sad that um, this hearing is going to be another chapter, a chapter in the book that clearly Michael Cohn is planning to sell um, as soon as he can and as soon as he gets the highest number. And of course, there's going to be a buyer for it at some point. Um, so the whole thing, I mean, you know, he, fortunately, the, the, the positive thing about this, uh, to try to find, you know, to look for straws, the positive thing was um, that there were some congressmen who said so, who weren't afraid to say some really uh, insightful and strong things like, you know, several of them, as I said, brought it out that under oath, Michael Cohn is planning on getting a book deal, on getting a television deal, on getting a movie deal, any kind of deal he can get to continue to make money off of Trump while he still can. And, um, and, and while President Trump was in Vietnam trying to make peace with Kim Jong-un. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.